How many of you downloaded the restoration app? My phone's on the front row, but if you download the app, you can follow along. Uh, on, if you go to Sunday, everything that happens on Sunday is on Sunday. Doesn't that kind of make sense? That's awesome. Hit the Sunday button, and you can go to sermon notes there. You can have a Bible, too. If you don't have a Bible, some of you have a phone, you don't have a Bible. <clears throat> if you don't actually have a paper Bible, please see me, because you need one of those. Um, but all of my notes are in there, all the scriptures. So this week, if you're like, what scripture was that? Where was he going with that? You'll be able to follow along. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Colossians. This is my third message in my series, Thinking Through It. Thinking Through It. Sometimes we always are trying to get out of it, but many times God's trying to get us through it. Don't shout now. I mean, hang on. It's about to get real good. Colossians chapter 2, it says this in verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it, abounding in what? In your faith, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Let me read that again. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and building it up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Father, thank you today for your word. I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds that we would hear what the Spirit of God would say to the church. God, help me to preach today with boldness and clarity of thought. God, I pray that you would take a coal off the altar of God, place it upon my lips, that that the words that proceed from my mouth are life-changing by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I got up this morning, Deanna said, you look pretty cute. I was, I was like, oh, that's awesome. She says, where are you going? to a hayride? Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure of the compliment there. This is the first time I've, I, this is my first piece of flannel. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm about to have a heat stroke. I'll probably never wear it again. Um, but I can, uh, I'm, I'm fine. But I did, I did, you say, what did you want to wear today? I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. And so that's what I did. I used to have wear, I used to have to wear ties in the middle of August singing in a tent. Come on, somebody help me that you grew up there. I mean, Deanna, Deanna was nine months pregnant with Deanna, with Danielle, and she was singing in a covered tent after eating fried chicken. Come on, somebody help me. Thank God for the days that we can just, I, I think I'm just as anointed with a flannel shirt on as I am with a tie, but if we'll, I'll let you be the judge of that for it's over. It's Thanksgiving, and I think if we're not careful, we'll allow this day to be about everything but Thanksgiving. The entire nation's going to celebrate, aren't they? And the irony of this is that very little thanksgiving to God is going to actually be done as a whole. We're going to have busyness. We're going to have crazy families, maybe even fistfights. I don't know what kind of family you came from. We've had a couple of thanksgiving where blood was spilled. So I'll just tell you. <laughs> maybe it was nicer at your house. We, we struggled at times. Amen. <laughs> Our family puts the D in dysfunctional, amen, with big capital sometimes, but then God saved us and changed us. 
They're going to be cooking. They're going to be entertaining. They're going to watch football. They're going to be about all kinds of things. And then they'll take a moment and one person will say, God, thank you for this meal. And uh, I just want to remind us and kind of reel it in and help us to realize that as our country celebrates this for a different reason than why we would celebrate Thanksgiving, we celebrate Thanksgiving because of what God has done in our lives. And so I want us just to kind of, before we move into this week, I don't know what your craziness is going to be like. I don't know what kind of food and what kind of family and what kind of environment uh, that you're going in. Thanksgiving time is a great time. It's a wonderful time of family. It's a wonderful time of, of fellowship. It's a wonderful time for us to, to try things or cook things that we don't normally cook. But I want us just to pause and stop for a moment and realize that everything that we experience in life, everything that we own and everything that we get to enjoy comes from God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so everything we enjoy in life, we enjoy because of the goodness of God. And so at this time, and especially in this time, I want to ask you to be reflective of the things that God has done in your life and to thank Him for His goodness. And I want to just give you a couple of things that might help jar you into why you need to be thankful. Number one, we need to be grateful to God because of the grace that He's shown us. We need to be grateful and thankful to God for the grace that He's shown us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that you have been saved by grace through faith, believing that not of yourself, it was a gift from God. So we can thank God simply because we are saved. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what obstacle may be in your life, no matter what kind of memories this season may bring up in your life, can I tell you that the grace of God will get you through it? And we need to remind ourselves of the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Grace is everything God does through our life that we don't deserve. That's just simply it. God's grace is giving us what we need even though we don't deserve it. God in His goodness while we were yet sinners died for us. That's the perfect definition of God's grace and God's goodness. And that's why we should be thankful. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We don't work for it. It's a free gift. And because it's a free gift, we need to constantly be thankful because Jesus has saved our soul. That's a good time to shout. Because of His goodness. Because He saved us. In Psalms 103, there's a laundry list of things that God does and, and the things that He manifests in our life by His grace. The psalmist said, I'll not forget the glorious things that God does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with His love. He fills my life with good things. His mercy and, and, and He's tender to those who don't deserve it. He is slow to anger and He bears no grudge. He has not punished us as we deserved for our sins. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good list of things that we can give God thanks for because of His grace and goodness in our lives. 
He's good to us. Number two, I think we can be thankful because God has a plan for us. God has a plan for our life. You've heard me say this often, and that is that your life is not an accident. You were made for a reason. You were created for purpose. And if you still have a pulse, you still have a purpose. There are illegitimate parents, but there's no illegitimate children. God knew about them. God set them apart. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he has a plan for them, even though we might not have planned for them. Hey, for those of you that had one and didn't plan, you're looking at one of those, apparently. My mom, who seven years ago passed away at four o'clock on this very day, she said to me quite often, I did not plan for you and you almost killed me. She would tell me, you almost killed me. You tried to take me out. And she said, but God has a plan for you. And I'll just tell you simply that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what chaos may, you may be facing, that doesn't, that doesn't derail the purpose and the plan of God for your life. Can, can I tell you this? Your mistakes and your failures does not derail the plan of God. Because God's bigger than any mistake that you'll ever make. And He's not up in heaven going, Holy Spirit, did you see that coming? Now that's how we live our lives, but that's not how God operates. He knows the beginning from the end. He knew what you were going to do before you do it, and He still loved you and called you anyway. And no matter how many mistakes you've made in life, God breaks the cycle of mistakes by His grace and His goodness, and we can thank Him because He has a plan for our lives. And His plan is not a plan that should make you nervous because the Bible says it's a good plan, a plan to give you a hope and a future. I don't know about you, but if I have hope, I can endure anything, right? I have hope that I'm going to eat lunch today right? Now, it hadn't happened yet, but just the thought of it keeps me going. (laughs) Amen? Now, y'all think I'm being silly, but that's what hope does, right? I'm hoping for some chips and salsa. Come on, somebody help me. If I hadn't said anything good right there, that's a perfect opportunity. I'm hoping for, and that hope keeps me going. Hope drives us to what is next. So if you're in the valley, you may be deep in a valley of uh, of mess and mire. Can I tell you, hope will give you the, the faith to believe for what is next. There was a time in my life when everything that I thought that I had was gone. I lost everything. My bank account was on empty. I was living in an apartment. I'd moved moved from a house on a golf course to an apartment in Gullitsville. I had nothing. I had no job. I had no money. We were out of money. We used everything everything that we had to get back to Tennessee. We had nothing. And yet a year later, God turned everything around by His grace and His goodness. Why? Because He had a plan. This plan's a good plan to give you a hope and a future. So don't get caught up in the circumstances that you're in now because God's not done yet. I said, God's not done yet. He's not finished with you yet. You can thank him because you've come a mighty long way. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
But he's not done yet. His plan doesn't end until you end. I said his plan doesn't end until you end. And so therefore you keep pressing and you keep moving and you keep doing what God's asked you to do. You do your part and God will definitely do his part. I think number three, you can be grateful for the home that he has prepared for you in heaven. You know, when I grew up in church, we talked about heaven all the time. Now it's like this some secret thing that happens that we only talk about in funerals. I don't understand that. We used to sing songs about heaven. I don't know. We just, maybe we're not as excited about going there anymore. I don't know about you. But if they's getting a boatload up right now, I'd get on the boat. If the terminal had and the plane was full, I'd find a way to get myself in between somebody on that flight. I'd like to get out of here before April 15th. Come on, somebody help me. <laughs> if the rapture's going to happen, let's, let's, let's let it happen before I have to write the check to the IRS. Come on, somebody help me. We used, to, we used to think about heaven with joy. We used to go, to a, go to a funeral of a believer with a different type of dialect than we go today. And I'm not saying that we're not sad when somebody passes away. Of course we're sad. But we don't grieve like they grieve. And we don't mourn like they mourn because we know those that know Jesus and have accepted him into his life, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. This temple is broken down. I get up in the morning, it sounds like a bowl of Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, and pop. I can just sit there in the chair and my lazy boy move my foot and hear eight things crackle. I don't understand it. This body, it's, it's not meant to endure because it's meant to be laid down one day. As good looking as it is, it's breaking down. But one day, what never breaks down is the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me. And when you come to my funeral and you see my double wide casket, because I ain't getting crammed into something, and you bring all your flowers, and I want all kinds of flowers. I want it to smell like a florist blew up in there. And I want you to cry. I want you to wail for a while. But when the service starts, I want you to cry and you can tell Deanna how natural I look and all the stuff we do at funerals. All the stuff that don't, and you can mourn and you can cry. But when that service starts, we're going to have victory in Jesus. Because what I laid down was nothing but broken down. That was just a tomb. That was just a temporary dwelling. But I'm going to a home. And I'm going to a place that's not made with hands. A city that my father has prepared for me. And he says, I've got mansions and I walk on streets of gold. I'm longing for that day. And maybe we just simply need to be reminded in this time of Thanksgiving that we're just passing through. And this world's getting crazy. I mean, it's really getting crazy. But there's a world that we're going to that's far beyond this world. And it ain't crazy there. It's where the sun is the light. There's no sun because he's the light. Come on, somebody help me. I'm looking forward to that day. Because I'm going to lay this body down, and when it's destroyed, to be absent with, the, with, the, with our bodies is to be present with the Lord. So when that service starts, you better shout because you know I'm up in heaven shouting. 
It's a real place, by the way. I sat down with a preacher one day. He said, you know, this is just a, it's an allegory. When Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that was it's not actually a place. I'm like, dude, what Bible you got? Like, do you, does yours have pages in it? And when we die, we're just it. Well, you know, when, with that kind of belief, when you die, it, it, it is just it for you. In fact, it's not just it for you, but there's a place for you that God doesn't want you to go. And just as real as hell is, there's a real heaven. And I know we don't hear that much anymore, but I'm telling you that we're passing through this world. And those that are hanging on to Jesus are going to go to another world that is beautiful far beyond. And when I walk across heaven and I see Jesus, the other day I was I'm just telling somebody this story. I, I had a dear friend whose dad got... Uh, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and it's a horrible disease where your body and all the muscles in your body just deteriorate. And you, he was in the hospital room. It was the final moments of his life. But about um, a couple months after he had been diagnosed, they'd, he'd be, he was already in a wheelchair. He couldn't walk anymore. He couldn't communicate. But he came to church, and and when I got done preaching, he kept you know trying to roll the wheelchair. He couldn't roll it himself. He got his son's attention. He came down to the front and I went down there to talk to him. When I went down there, I said, I know you can't talk. I know you can't open your mouth, but your spirit man's still in there and he can talk to God. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I know you can't pray it out loud, but you can pray it in your spirit. You cry out to God. He cried out to God. Tears began to stream down his face. And two years later, I was in the hospital room with his wife and his son's he was laying there. He couldn't even blink. He had no muscles to blink. His face had drooped down because all the muscles in his face had deteriorated. And he was just looking up, breathing his last moments. And all of a sudden, we saw a smile break across his face. He hadn't smiled in over a year. He couldn't move a muscle in his face. Oh, how precious it is, the Bible says, to the death of a saint because we don't even die like they die. When we live like nobody lives, we'll die like nobody dies and receive what nobody receives. Come on, somebody help me. And I want to take more people with me. Number four, well, I got to hurry. I'm thankful for the, for the God who changes me. Thankful for the God who makes changes in me. Titus 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that I'm not the same person that I used to be. Come on, somebody that's got a testimony can bear witness with me. I'm thankful that I'm not that old David Crawford anymore. And I, I know God's still got a lot to work on. I get that. And he's working on you too. But I'm thankful that I'm not where I used to be. And I give God glory because if I continued on that pathway, I would not even be here today. But not by the grace of God. Man, when I was a, when I was a kid just living my life for, for the joy of whatever I thought that I was living for. I remember I had gotten into to some relationships and we were messing around. Anybody ever been urban surfing? 
Anybody know what that is? Man, I'm old. <laughs> Urban surfing is what Jeff Fox, I can't think of his name was. He jumped on the back of a car and he surfed on a car. So after seeing that, I got the wild idea that I would go Urban surfing on the back of a 1979 Charger or 80 Charger that sloped in the back. So all 300 pounds of me jumped on the back of that car and my friend took off and I'm thinking I'm all cool. And then he kind of takes a little turn in the Walmart parking lot and I slip off. I don't know about you, but I, I can't run backwards at 25 miles per hour. And I ran back, I smacked my head, knocked me out cold. Really, probably should have killed me. And I woke up. And I thanked God that I was alive. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the dumb things that I've done and just life that's happened that God has spared me and God has changed me. And sometimes I think that we're a little rough on people because we forget where we've been. And sometimes I think we put on little robes of pharisaical attitudes and we expect them to act like us when they haven't done what we've done. And when we were them, we wouldn't doing it any better than them. So maybe we should take our robes of judgment off and put our arm around our brothers and sisters and keep walking them through the change that God's doing in their life. I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't get snapped perfect. Now, some of y'all, I mean, Deanna, I mean, she was, she, I know she, she was probably born perfect. I, I feel like that anyway. She did take two baby aspirins one time, so <laughs> apparently she can't follow directions. That may make her... But I'll tell you, even that little sweet thing right there, God's changed her too. Come on, somebody say amen. Okay, don't say amen. That's probably bad. Don't say amen. I better wrap this thing up so I have a home to go home to, right? In this whole series, I've talked about the different ways that we should and reminded us why. I want to give you just real quick four practical ways to do it. So we talked about the why we should do it, but what about the how-to? How do I do that? How do I thank Him? Well, number one, you thank Him by singing. There's something powerful when you sing and worship God. Help me. There's something powerful when you sing and you worship God. Whether you can sing or not, whether we would have put a microphone in front of your mouth or not, it doesn't change the fact that when you sing, it changes the atmosphere over your life, over your home, Come on, somebody help me. It puts, something, it puts something in you in connection with the God that's in you. So sing. Whether you can sing or not, sing a song to the Lord. Psalms 147.7 says, Sing out to your thanks to Him. Sing praises to your God. Nothing makes you more aware of God's presence and, and, and nothing makes you more 
in his presence faster than just simply singing and praising God. Sing around your house. Change the atmosphere over your house. Change the atmosphere over your drive to work. Sing. Number two, you can do it by serving. I said it to the team this morning. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Hebrews 12 says, since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let us please God by serving Him with thankful hearts. Serving God is a way that we show God our gratitude for the gifts that He has given us and that we've been made proper stewards of that gift. Number three, by giving. By giving of ourselves, our time, our, our talents, our treasury, by giving an offering to show thanks to God. The Bible simply says to, to give to God and to give it with a grateful heart. The bottom line is the generous people ought to be God's people. The most generous people on the planet ought to be God's people. We ought to be willing to give and willing to help and willing to serve and willing to worship God at any moment. And lastly, we can do it by telling other people about Him. Telling other people is a way that we can express our thanksgiving to God. Can I tell you this? There's no authority on how God's worked in your life greater than you. I said there's no greater authority about how God has worked in your life than you. And there is no one that can tell your story like you can tell it. And I want you to know there's nobody that can argue against your story. So tell your story. It's a way to glorify God, and it's a way to bring change in people's hearts and in people's lives. Share the goodness of what God has done in your life. And as you do, it changes other people's lives. Stand with me.